All right, is it recording? Welcome to the Left and Leftist podcast that takes a skeptical look on politics. When the right is wrong and you have nowhere else to go, you can find the left and the leftist. This is episode five. I'm Caleb. We have our partners in crime, Sheldon. I'm the leftist. Grab your pitchforks and join me, comrades. And Coulter. Hey, welcome. I love you all. You guys are great. You make me happy. We're, I'm glad we're all talking. We're, we're, thank you, Coulter. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> let's I get, love you too, bro. <laughs> let's get right into the screen. Take it away, Sheldon. Okay, fine. Last week, I had some words for the United States Senate. This week, I'm going to move on to the United States president. You know, the alleged leader of the free world. It won't surprise anybody to learn that I have nearly complete disdain for the office, like finding out that dinosaurs don't care for epoch-ending comets. Really, they ought to just get used to the idea. Much like I and like-minded others have gotten used to the idea that modern American society tends to revolve around that office, despite the annoying habit of its promoting the destruction of civilized society. It is simple to outline the ways in which the person in that office has the unfettered power to fuck with everything and everyone. So I'll just name a few. The ability, as Gore Vidal points out in the classic film With Honors, to bomb anyone he likes. Notice the uh, gender specific there. Very 1990s. Also, the ability to crush American laborers through both active and passive measures. The ability to deflect criminal prosecution, both in the person of the president and their loyalists. The ability to pursue fiscal responsibility solely on the backs of the poor and the vulnerable. The ability to sign legislation into law with whichever caveat allows them literally to break the law that they are signing. The ability to assassinate anyone they please anywhere on the planet, even should they be American citizens. And finally, the ability to be the world's biggest asshole and not to be held to account for any of it. This last is most poignant for me because, as an asshole myself, I can attest to the fact that we usually suffer some consequences. Now, I don't want to make this personal, but the astute listener knows where I'm going with this. Apart from the first grievance, I have listed an outrage perpetrated specifically by the six worthy individuals who have occupied the office of the president, my executive and dear leader, during my conscious lifespan. I could have mentioned some dumb shit that Jimmy Carter did, but all I recall from that part of my life is my first experience of the real world, standing in line at Splash Mountain. And I don't think I can blame that on him. Let's take off into the first of my grievances that I noticed the ability to bomb anyone he likes. This comes from the uh, Gulf of Tonkin resolution. I'm not going to dive into it too much. Just uh, uh, let me sum it up this way. The United States wants to bomb Vietnam. Cannot. Congress disapproves. United States bomb self. Says it was Vietnam. Congress says, okay, bomb Vietnam now. That has been the precedent for the executive to bomb anyone he likes whenever. Moving on to the labor issue, Ronald Reagan, who is my first dear leader, he started his administration by taking striking air traffic controllers and simply firing them. <laughs> 
The things that they were demanding were crucial to their job. The ability to get up and stretch their fucking legs, maybe have a cup of coffee in the process. What Ronald Reagan did was dismantle federal labor laws by simply firing everyone who was an air traffic controller. And next thing you know, when they reform, the union comes to the negotiating table not being able to strike ever again. And being a federal employee myself, I know for a fact, because I've been on these contracts, there's a no strike clause in every single one of them of what kind of labor union do you have when you're always under a no strike clause contract. And of course, there is, you know, Reaganomics. That's another complaint I have about Ronald Reagan. Basically bankrupting the country and its future on behalf of the wealthy. I won't get into that too much because I have a limited amount of time. I'm going to move on to GHW Bush. The second grievance that I pointed out, the ability of the president to simply evade prosecution. George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, that is, was intimately involved in the Iran-Contra affair. And a character who's presently running around our government as the attorney general, a guy named Bill Barr, was able to negotiate a situation within the Justice Department wherein G.H.W. Bush, Oliver North, et al., they didn't have to answer for the crimes committed in the Iran-Contra affair at all. Speaking of Iran, George H.W. Bush was a guy under whose command an Iranian airliner was shot out of the bleeping sky while Reagan was president in the year 1987. But it was in the Bush administration in which it was absolutely and irrefutably proven that it was a United States aircraft carrier that killed 247 civilians over the Persian Gulf. And George H.W. Bush says, right or wrong, I will never apologize for the actions of the United States of America. I'm sure that families of the 247 people who were killed over the Persian Gulf were happy to, uh, were happy to know that American exceptionalism lived. And he did nothing to reverse the devastation of Reaganomics until the very end, until the very end. And that, as a matter of fact, caused GHW the election. When the recession was imminent, he tried to reverse some of the Reagan tax cuts. And that led directly to his losing to the next character, William Jefferson Clinton. And he achieved total Reaganomics in a way in which Ronald Reagan could never have gotten away with because Ronald Reagan was, I guess, on the wrong side of some people's ideas of what good policy was. We got NAFTA. We got China as the most favored nation, as the most favored trading, uh, the most favored nation trading status, welfare reform, the Financial Modernization Act. Bill Clinton balanced the budget and it was a great achievement. And he did it on the backs of the poor, the disenfranchised and the vulnerable. It was an absolute disaster. He was followed by GHW's son, George W. Bush, who issued signing statements on over 500 pieces of legislation that he signed into law. Now, this isn't, it wasn't a unique practice to GW, but it was one that he took advantage of quite a lot. And specifically, the Detainee Treatment Act of 2006, he signed into law with the caveat, my administration will do whatever the fuck it wants to these people. He was then preceded by Barack Obama. That man had an assassination list. He instituted a drone kill program worldwide. He killed dozens of supposed enemy combatants under this drone kill list, one of whom was named Anwar Al-Alaki. He also killed Anwar Al-Alaki's 16-year-old son who was born in Denver, Colorado, who was named Abdul Rahman al 
in a separate attack. The excesses just pile and pile up throughout my entire life, and it culminates in the person who presently occupies the White House, the person who is just an asshole, the world's biggest asshole. And that person is able to do everything that came before him. He can bust the unions through inaction. He can absolutely defer prosecution, as we see all the time. And we're going to get into it a little bit later on. It's still happening. He's completely dismantling the economy, transferring wealth from the bottom to the top. He's hoovering the money from the working class. He's, he, he put signing statements on uh, virtually everything that comes across his desk, and no one bats an eye because it was standardized because Barack Obama continued to do it. And think about this. Now, Barack, now the person who's in the White House right now can bomb anybody he likes, and he can assassinate anybody he likes. Last week, I said we need to reimagine the Senate. So in order to revert all the escalating damage done to the office of the president during my entire life, and now spans two generations, we must commit to bold and aggressive calls to action to rein in the power of that office, because I, for one, have had enough. And as the campaign promise of one of those guys said, yes, we can. Hey, but, uh, let's, you know what, the, fir the first news item we should talk about has something to do with the screed. Let's talk about a perfect example of why the White House needs to be reformed. Someone who thinks they ought to be president, Mr. Kanye West. Kanye! Oh, Kanye. Kanye! So, so starting on July 4th is a announcement to the world on his Twitter feed, Kanye West announces he's officially running for president in 2020. Where do I donate? Can I go through my Act Blue portal? Seriously, how do I donate? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to say t Kanye West right now probably doesn't even have a team doing anything about him actually running for president. How do I join no, this team? Not. How do I join this team? <laughs> oh, Caleb wants in. Caleb, <laughs> you need a gig? I'm do in. I'm in. Food service people are taking a hit right now, aren't this they? This gig you, is okay. You need a side I, hustle. Side I, hustle for Kanye. I want right. to be on Kanye's all, bus. I, I, I'm going to start on Kanye right now, and here's how I'm going to start. First of all, Kanye West is probably the, the only person in this world that has an ego as big as Donald Trump's. And probably has hands just the same size and probably has banged a few porn stars and they probably would have the same things to say about Kanye as they do about Donald Trump. And actually, Ooh. technically, his wife, if we talk about it, is a porn star because she got famous from a sex tape. But That's some point, serious shade. That's some that serious is some shade. serious shade. But the point I'm trying to say is that Kanye West is not really going to run for president, and that is what I'm going to say right now. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but because he didn't actually announce it with a real announcement other than a Twitter post, I think that this is something we're going to hear this week. He's going to get some headlines, push his new album, and he's going to be out of the game. Sheldon, what do you think? I, 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 I want to hear what Caleb thinks about your saying that he's not going to, he's not really running. Oh, I, I think you're dead wrong. Not if there's anything I can do about it. First off, Kanye, if you hear this voice, call me. 
I'm ready to run this campaign. Please, Kanye. <laughs> let this is be been, real. Yes, let this be real, please. Please, Kanye, who is God, apparently. <laughs> let this what, be what, real. Okay. This would well, be the I've best heard, thing I've to happen to political politics in so long. Well, I've heard a lot of feedback from people that are, are like, they don't want Kanye to run because they think he's going to take away from the Democratic nomination or take away from <laughs> Democrats. What do you actually think, Caleb? Do you think he helps or hurts the election? I don't care. I want political commentary and comedy. <laughs> this is what we're doing, right? Like Kanye running for president would just fuel this podcast for how long? I want political chaos at this point because nothing is real and everything's wrong. It's like just add one more piece to the puzzle. Let's go. But Donald Trump wasn't enough. That no, wasn't enough. No like chaos and comedy. Okay, Let's we need get more. We'll look weirder. It's basically just Karens who were going, no, Kanye, don't do it. You'll take black votes away from... Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The, and it, uh, Seriously, I saw... I heard some of the... I, I read some of this rumble myself. Are you, are you people seriously kidding me? You think... You think that given the choice between Kanye West and Joe Biden, someone who would have j voted for Joe Biden in the first place is now going to vote for Kanye West? And why? Why did they say? What did they say? Because he's black. And black people will exit us. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. My I mean, it's just more of this. It's more of this bullshit. It's more, you know, just take the black vote for granted. You just assume that 70% of the country, the 70% that votes at all in the presidential election is just going to vote for the Democratic Party. And, it, and the first time a black man shows up without a D by his name, you're threatened. Get the fuck out of here. It's about, it's, I, you know, fuck these people. Fuck I, these Karens. They can shut the fuck up and stuff it. And if they're really afraid of it, then there's a fucking problem with Joe Biden, not with black folk. Fuck and you. I, I can't agree with you more, Sheldon. I actually... Thank you. Thank you. You, you. Know, you know, we sit around here and we, we always make the joke that I'm the left, Sheldon's the leftist. He does go a little further than the two of us. But I will say I completely agree with you. First of all, this is very demeaning to African Americans in in a way that says to me that that they're not intelligent enough to vote for who the right candidate is. I think that when we look back at 2016 and the fears that are driven by 2016 is that Hillary Clinton was a horrible candidate. She sucked. Hillary Clinton didn't do the work that it took to get it done. She expected to just win an election that was going to be handed to her. And Donald Trump won because she sucked. And there were a lot of it, there were a lot of black folks specific black folks specifically in the cities of Philadelphia and Milwaukee that put because they they undervoted. They you didn't know vote who would screw the election? You know who would screw up the election way more than Kanye? If Snoop Dogg ran, we'd be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Dogg uh, would get my vote <laughs> straight up, but but probably true. But the point I'm trying to make is <laughs> no, that you, and you're right, Coulter. We're, yeah, we're just yes ending ourselves into a whole thing here. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make is that in the end, that just basically speaks that people who vote are uneducated and that you can't trust the populace to make the right decision. And I know that people feel that way in 2016. And 
don't get me wrong. Joe Biden is like my sixth choice of the people I wanted to win the Democratic nomination. But the fact is, is that Joe, Joe Biden is better than either Kanye or even Donald Trump. Yeah, because so- it, the fact is, is that when you look at that and you look at the people who will vote, I don't think it, do, it, it affects the election at all. If it hurts anybody, it hurts Trump because, I'm sorry, Kanye is a friend of Trump and all of the people in the political spectrum that really like Kanye in this, in this scene are Trump supporters. That's, that's at least my thought. I don't know. I still think that Caleb deserves a an application. Should an organization which has which, as a matter of fact, has not taken place, so I would sell the shit open. out of Kanye. You I should be like sell... Western Regional Director, dude. I would for, I for would the Kanye sell for Kanye like toilet paper at a Walmart two months ago. Like it would be off the hook. <laughs> Everyone would need me. Everyone would want me. Kanye, <laughs> let's make this happen. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of shit happened this week. One place in which it happened was the Supreme Court of the United States. So, shall we? Shall Let, we talk let's about just that do some? a deep dive into all that happened in the Supreme Court because a lot happened. Right. This was the yeah. final week of the session, and they just kind of dropped a lot of cases this week. And I I feel like every week right now we've been talking about the Supreme Court, and this will be the last time for a while. But I think the first place we should start is with the Obamacare birth control decision. Really shitty decision. Take it away, boys. This was a real kick in the balls to employees, not not just the birth control. Obviously, it's a problem for birth control and, and the ability for especially poor people to go get birth control because they rely on their insurance. But it kind of reaffirms the rights of corporations as individuals. And I really, really hate that. They obviously are not individuals. And I also think this is a terrible like dog whistle to the religious freedom crowd that, you know, let's, let's try to get more quote unquote religious freedom as though we don't have enough of that in this country. It's, I don't know. I think this one hurts twofold really threefold it it hurts on con you know contraception religious freedom and corporations are have the rights of individuals it's a big blow so what do you think i reserve my comments for next week in case you haven't noticed i've got a pattern going on here oh this this case specifically I was going to. I I had a whole thing written, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it for next week. Yes, this is. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna leave it for next week. Totally, so hey, totally. hey, spoiler alert! I'm talking about the judiciary next week. <laughs> Can you believe it? I started with Fine. the legislative, the executive, and guess what? Next week is so. No, no, it's what. No, I mean, no, seriously. I reserve. I I wanted to point out though this case, this decision specifically, because it's so. It's it happened just now. I reserve I reserve my comments on it for next week. Totally cool with that. I I do have some input on this. I think that this case sounds like it's very controversial and it sounds like it's controversial in a way that is going to and, and it reaffirms, yes, I'll, I'll agree with you Caleb that it goes down the religious freedom trail, right? But one thing that is in there and it's a small thing is they say the Trump administration has the right to make this rule. Uh, 
And so it actually could change in an election. Because right, right. all it would take is an election, and the Biden campaign could come in and become president, and they could just change the rule back. Yes, that it is a win for religious freedom, and I do think it's a dog whistle to like kind of say, hey, we're a conservative court, and we did you a solid, great, thumbs up. But in the end... All it said was that the president has the right to change those rules. So, okay, fine. I retract what I said before. I'm not reserving all my comments. So fucking what then? So the, so, so that office doesn't matter at all. It's just a place where people fuck with you. Uh, that, that You know, big deal, I to- man. So I, whichever, I totally you know, agree with you. I, so, I think it's so a poor the decision. The president can do whatever the president can say. I, because of- the Affordable Care Act is administrative law adjudicated by the now they're just like president do whatever you want i mean oh my god essentially they say the president could do whatever they want as long as under the guise of religious freedom which is actually a really shitty decision but the point is is that at least the only thing that you can say is at least this can be overturned by a new president and so good another reason to vote for joe biden it is an, it's another reason to vote for anybody but donald trump how about that Well, it's another reason to vote for for your Democratic senator or or congressperson. That's really what it is. The The court very specifically said, like, look, if Congress were to say specifically that it was going to give women's, that, that it were going to give the right for birth control coverage, then they would have said that. And they didn't. As, as much as they said, this is a nod to religious freedom and a nod to corporations' rights, they also said, you know what, Congress, if you are very exact in your laws and then we'll be very exact in our judgments about those laws. That's an, that's another time that they've said that, that that's twice in this session. Anyway, that they have very specifically pointed that out. So it's going to change the way that we get laws. And I think that's fine. I am very, I'm a proponent of very, very specific laws. Let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. The next one was the Supreme court the Supreme court ruled twice as to whether or not the president is immune from the Supreme Court, the state of New York, and one from Congress specifically. And the vote was seven to two in both decisions. One didn't help the president very much, and one didn't hurt. And I just, just let me lay it out, if I may, really quickly. Justice Roberts wrote both decisions. One of them ruled that the subpoena issued by the Supreme Court of the state of New York, the attorney general thereof, has the right to review the president's financial records and his tax returns. The other one said that Congress does not have the absolute right to subpoena those same records. So, what do we make of that? Well, I, there's two really big distinctions in that case that you aren't that you're not making clear, and or that isn't made clear in what you just said. And one is. That the case with New York and Vance, the attorney general there, that's a criminal case. He's filing a a criminal case against someone that he thinks has broken the law. He thinks that there yes. is that, that there is you know tax evasion, tax fraud, whatever. The other one is dealing with Congress. They're not they're not looking for that's not a criminal case. They are looking. They're subpoenaing for records in essence saying they need these records to figure out how to write new laws. Um, and that's why they I got to revise shipped. the act of 1905, which declared that whoever is elected president ought to submit to 
a full financial review. So there's it, 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 uh, actually the law in 1905 didn't say that they ought to. It said that the Congress has they, the right okay, to review it. Right, right, indeed, indeed. But, but that's see, and that's where it comes down to. It's sort of an ought. And yeah, it, it, I don't know. Look, I read the Constitution. I feel like I'm somewhat <laughs> the idea that Congress doesn't have the ability to demand those things whenever and for whatever purpose. Eh, fine. Fine. <laughs> I, I, I got to be, be honest. Here's the, the deal. Here's the deal. Lower court. But well, here's the yeah, deal. they kicked it back. Congress had the chance. Congress had the chance to get these records. No, they, they do, had it. But, uh, the, no, they still do have a chance because they kicked it back to a lower court, and a lower court could still say to turn over the records. And the fact is, is that that they kicked it back to a lower court. That could actually propel it into a place to where it ends up back at the Supreme Court, where they have to actually make a final decision. Well, the problem is, is that this is already written into law. They shouldn't have kicked it back. They should have just looked at it and said, no, this was written into law in 1905. You have to hand them over. It's within Congress's right. It's a law. That's that's exactly what it should have said. Look, here's the deal. It, they had the fucking chance. Congress had the chance if they would have brought this up during the Miller investigation, then they they could have saw all the tax returns that they wanted because the Supreme Court is that is an, an investigation of a crime of a high crime, in fact. But that was and, actually the problem with the Mueller investigation that there was no fucking crime. That was actually the problem. They instituted a criminal investigation where there was no crime. And Robert Mueller expressly said that. There's no fucking crime. What am I yeah. doing here? In the end, you have to realize the Robert Mueller investigation was probably an investigation down the wrong way. They should have just let Trump be Trump, which is why he ended up being impeached in the end, right? Had nothing to do with Mueller. They just let Trump be Trump. And when he felt that the Robert Mueller investigation was behind him, he went out and did whatever he wanted to do, which was the first thing he did is go to a foreign nation, kind of what they were ta- looking for in Robert Mueller, and went and actually did exactly what they thought he was going to do in the Re- Robert Mueller investigation. So in the end, Trump still is an asshole, and he has been impeached. That's cute. Let's go to the next <laughs> one. But last week there was a ruling about uh, a couple weeks ago. There was a ruling about how it's okay to be gay unless. Oh, this is right up my alley. So, not unless not you gay. unless you teach at a Catholic school. <laughs> unless you I, so I, exactly I take, what I unless you teach for a Catholic school for two hundred, please. <laughs> well, funny you say that because exactly what I talked about two weeks ago was the fact that. I said they were teeing up the decision to actually make this exact ruling, right? I said they were teeing up a decision to actually come back and say that, yes, you can't discriminate against somebody who's LGBT unless you're a religious religious organization or a religious school or a religious hospital and all of those things that are owned by things like the Catholic Church. And here we are, and it is now entrenched. Surprise! 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 I saw that was coming. So, like you said last week, um, like your big flashpoint on this was that the the charter law in Montana, which was actually ditched by the Montana Supreme Court, is being against 
Montana state's Const- Montana state constitution, right? So it's not actually a law, it's an actually thing. The suit still progressed on behalf of that law. They wanted the court to say that that law meant that the charter, charter school fund could not deny funding to private religious institutions, right? Right. Correct. So here we are. Here we are. So, what, what, I mean, what's going on? Any time, so if you've got federal money going to any kind of private school, it now also goes to private schools, a Catholic school, where they can still fire someone, They where they can still fire Daniel for marrying Craig on Saturday. He comes in on Monday and they fire Daniel Craig work, on I Monday. I still can't believe that film has not been released. But si- no, seriously. So now. Yeah. We essentially have federally funded religious schools that can fire you for any reason because they believe it. That is not the establishment of religion, sir. You lie. You lie. That is not the establishment. Essentially what we have is government funded schools, government fund, and even, you know, in this instance, if you're, imagine this, what if you're a Catholic hospital and they are going to (laughs) refuse to employ you for being a homosexual at the hospital and do so because they are owned by a Catholic. And Google how many hospitals in the United States are owned by the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. It's a gigantic yeah. number. It's yeah. not just like, you know, oh, hey, we have one religious school in town. Look at how many Catholic hospitals there are. There are a ton. And so it, it, I am sure you're next to a St. Mary's or a St. Jude somewhere close to you if you're in any city in this country. It, and so the, the, look at that. Yeah, it, it reminds it reminds me of something uh, George Carlin said about this very same subject. Why is it that Catholic people hate gays? Catholics hate abortion. Well, who has fewer abortions than gay people? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, you you know You'd what? You think they would I, make natural allies? I'm also going to say that gays probably have less child rape than the Catholic Church as well. And the fact is, is that when you look at and, and we can even d- that was dive such in- a dark side move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 this is another religious freedom ruling that I absolutely hate, and and it sure. it really just it goes to the point that we should start a religion. The three of us, we should get together, we should start a religion. It should have some really sexy religious rites that happen behind closed doors. But like we should start a religion because like you can do whatever you want now if you own a religion. It, it, own a religion. That's what I say. If uh, you own a religion, because nice. it's a business. Uh, <laughs> you could do whatever you want if you run a religion. Like come, we can do anything we want, anything because religious freedom now has the power to discriminate, to to uh, like hire and fire whoever they want. Like we could do whatever we want. This is what I'm saying. We should get a religion. Let's uh, move on to our next story off the Supreme Court now. We're going to talk about a teacher's union president double dog dares President Trump to sit in a classroom amid the coronavirus and breathe in all that air. So the reason why this comes up, obviously, is because the president of the United States, who has not been in a classroom, I would argue, his entire life... His entire life. God, that's probably he's true. Never seen, he's never seen what it looks like inside of a classroom wherein be somewhere between 25 and 50 kids are crammed together. He's never been there. He's demanding 
and he's got and, and he's got his and he's got his dummy bulldog Betsy DeVos on the case, threatening you. That's threatening that the federal government will not continue their grants to any school district that refuses to reopen their schools. That's a, that's the context. So so eh, that's you know. I'm uh, sure we all know about that. And let's talk about yeah. it. D- does he have the power to pull funding from schools at all? I'm just going to go ahead and say no. That's yeah, not. he does. The U.S. I Department mean, of Education every every fiscal year. The grants. Okay, but who holds the purse? Out? Congress. Well, Congress holds the purse, but just the like, budget's uh, already just like, it's already on. Yeah, but it's not even that. Sheldon just talked about the fact that we have an executive branch that does whatever the hell they want anyway. He's gonna try to do it, and w- what is the Republican Senate gonna stop him? Well, no, not not the Republican Senate, but I, I believe that the local officials that running those that are sitting on that school board are gonna no right. Give him and you bring finger. up an important you you bring up an important point. We live in a place we live in a place where a school districts uh, a school district relies on average from the federal government for about twelve percent of their funding. Yes, yeah. we are. We we do have the lowest funded schools in the entire fucking country. Which so so maybe we're doing something wrong, taking money from the U.S. Department of Education. But the average is about eighteen percent. So that and that's what and that's what this thing is about. It's but about, even it's about even that money is dollar. not his to to take and play with at all. Uh, well. Technically, in the law, yes, he you know he does not hold the purse Te- strings and he can't redirect funding. But you know, think about it this way: he declared an emergency, moved the funding over to building a wall. I mean, he has done that. Yeah, that and was no, also I mean, claimed, matter, that was as, also as that was fact, also illegal. That was also yeah. No, as a but illegal. as a matter of fact, Congress did not appropriate this money to the individual states or the individual school districts, which is what we're really talking about. True, right? he is the they, they appropriated to the Department of Education. Right. And guess who's there? No, oh, Betsy. Right. God. So she, someone needs to just give Betsy a good shagging, you know? Like she's too <laughs> uptight. She's she, you want to talk about who's worried about her purse and what's in her purse and how much money is there? God damn it. Calm Disclaimer. down. You're already, you're already a billionaire. <laughs> yes. We Disclaimer. Hear lef- we hear them left and leftists do not. What's Advocate that anybody actually shag Betsy DeVos. Thank you. Thank no, you. that's da- yeah, because then they'll have kids. That's not good. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you call demons kids? Uh yeah, there is that. Well, you know, I'm sorry. I so clearly, I I just think that that the whole hit this whole sham of him. Well, I'm going to pull funding. Like first off, it's not that much funding. Second off, I don't know if you can even, you can even pull that off. Like, I, I don't think you can actually do that. Third, shut up, man. You're not the one going to school. She said it right. I double dog dare you to come teach my <laughs> class. Asshole. Literally never going to school. <laughs> he could, this, this, this yeah, asshole had a, had a C minus average at the Wharton school of business. I mean, come on! The <laughs> never been to school. I mean, this would yeah. this would be like nails in a coffin, though. So he like forces all the public schools to open. All of our kids go to school. Then all of a sudden, all of us have coronavirus. When does that happen? Hmm, September, right before November. What else happens in November, kids? Yeah, 
Yeah. My, my, my question is, is that why do we have a president that li- li- literally is like it's always sunny in South Philadelphia? Now, now hear me out on this one, guys. This is a this is a real stretch here, but I think that this is exactly what he does. What is the actual premise of the show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. You put a group of people into a situation, and they have a the idea to make a choice. And whenever they go to make that choice, they always make the worst choice and then double down on it all the way out. And that's when you see what happens on it's all the way on Philadelphia. It's a total fact. It- this is exactly what our president does with reality. You give him a choice, and whatever the bad choice is, he's going to make that choice, and he's going to then double down on it all the way to figure out what happens. (laughs) That is the world we live in. I don't know, you guys. I always thought It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was just like three cool guys and a cool chick just sort of hanging out, (laughs) trying to run a bar. Look, totally, I, <laughs> totally trying to run a bar, but like, think about it. Whenever I wasn't there's a being decision serious. that you're going to be an awful human being, they always make that choice. Right, right, right. <laughs> remember when they found? Remember when they found a crack baby, and they were like, "What should we do?" And they're like, "Let's oh sell it." Yes, exactly, and that's what <laughs> Donald Trump would do. Yes, that's exactly what Donald Trump would do. He's going to be like, "How do I make money off this crack baby?" Yeah, yes, a really cool episode. It, it's a it's wonderful. It, it is was a just a wonderful. bunch of cool people in a bar doing cool stuff with crack babies. It's a wonderful show. analogy. It's a wonderful analogy, and I completely agree with you, Coulter. You should get a fucking Pulitzer Prize for this analogy because it's true. It's absolutely true. It's totally true. All right, let, let's move on to another story. This one's a little near and dear to my heart. I wanted to make sure this was one. And and the reason is, is that uh, there's a leader of a fake church out there. And he's been peddling bleach as a COVID-19 cure. And he even sought Why not? Trump's support in this. And he was charged federally today. And here's I, I'm going to dive into this one a little bit deeper and then hand it off to you guys. But first of all, this guy has been selling a product called the Miracle Mineral Solution, or MMS, and he's been selling it to cure things like cancer, just pure pseudoscience, right? It's a, the cure-all drug. And when they've actually analyzed what's in MMS, it's just pre- pretty much bleach. He has sold $500,000 worth of this bleach solution in 2019. And when our best friend Trump decided a few months ago back in April to say that injecting yourself with bleach is going to cure COVID-19. He actually threw out a tweet that was like, Trump has got the MMS and all the info. Things are happening, folks. He knew that Trump was going to back him. And then he was arrested today because he was selling bleach to people with cancer and people actually got sick and some people died because of this guy's pseudoscience. That's amazing. it's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, the FDA actually went after this guy. Um, but one of the most amazing things is that he could have just like not called it a drug. He could have just said this is you know, anything but a drug. He could have called it a potion, a tonic, a whatever. A natural he, remedy is actually he, what they say all the time. Oh, I thought he licensed it as a drug. No, I'm just saying that what you see when people do things that are really pseudoscience-y and try to be cure-alls of everything, they're natural solutions, and 
you know that that's the way around because there's not nothing more natural than bleach man nothing nothing you, more natural than bleach yeah well, you know when you spill things on your pants and they change colors you're like that's god right there that's god <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so uh this guy and his two sons were arrested today and all i have to say is Guys, when somebody comes to you and wants to sell you this drug that cures everything, including a drug such as that's going to cure things like COVID-19 that has no cure or any drug. Check whether it's bleach before you put it in your veins. Yeah, (laughs) spill it on your pants first. Don't take it. This is this has to be this has to be the new like spill it on your pants. Wait a few hours. See if it changes colors. (laughs) Next, just smell it. Yeah, just fucking smell it. That's all you got to do. So much. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't eat the bleach, guys. Bleach doesn't work. It doesn't cure COVID-19. And well, yeah. that'll do it for the news. Let's. All right. Let's I go got it. You know else. what our next segment is? Let's What's go it? to Zimmerman's Playhouse. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> this dovetails with another one of our stories. This week's nominee to join the ever vivacious and stunningly attractive George Zimmerman in his playhouse is uh, Deborah Messing. Okay, here's what here, here's the problem. I'm just going to lay it out for you really quickly. The reason why she's on our program tonight is she is tired, I suppose, of Nina Turner calling her out. Now, here's here's absolutely what happened. Uh, Deborah Messing literally compared Kanye West's declaration that he was going to run for president to Jill Stein. And, and it falls into this whole trope about how Jill Stein cost Hillary Clinton the election. And it was because of Bernie bros and uh, what, it, you, you know, that whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is this person misconception believes, whatever. anyone had about Jill Stein's relevance. Yeah, whatever it was, uh, there was there one person in particular took issue with Deborah Messing saying this, and it was Ohio State Senator and co-chair of the Bernie Sanders 2020 presidential campaign, Nina Turner, who replied, "One, black voters are not owned by anyone. Our vote should be earned." Two, we can think for ourselves and don't need your help. And three, sometimes it's best to stay out of family business. To which Deborah Messing replied, oh, please, Nina. Kanye is an avowed Trump supporter. I thought you understood that. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to get Stacey Abrams to call you and explain this to you. Uh, Okay, so what do we have here? What do we have here, gentlemen? Uh, what we have is somebody who is trying to who acts who's trying to blacksplain. Is that a, is that a word? Is that the same? <laughs> is that a word? Yeah, that fuck, the it same? should be. That's a brilliant word. Blacksplain. Yeah, uh, there blacks- you go. I love but it. But Deborah. But the problem is, right? Deborah ain't black. No, that's the problem. And that's the problem, right? <laughs> is that like it's like she's trying to blacksplain to somebody who's African American, and then pulling in a like, oh, let me call my black friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The classic. I got a black friend. Let me. I I have this black kid that I knew once, and I'm gonna call him, and he's gonna call you and tell you what, that what I said was okay to say. Okay. I mean, to me, it goes back to our earlier conversation about Co- Kanye. Why would you assume that people are this stupid? 
right? Yeah. But don't get me wrong. Because, don't yeah. get me wrong. Trump people are that stupid. But when it comes to people, I think that at least have some sort of left-leaning ideology. They are at least a little bit more educated than a backwoods dude with no teeth who's going, "Go Trump, give me my guns." And so I, I don't know. I, I just feel like uh, you know Kanye does nothing to this election, and people's fears of thinking that Kanye is going to even affect in any way what's going to go to Biden is bullshit. So I just want to point think. out that I'm only missing one of my teeth. Only one. Only one. So, My well, teeth are just really small. <laughs> she get that fixed. I, I didn't know this until about 10 years ago, but my teeth are really small. <laughs> I didn't know that I needed bigger, wider teeth. So, uh, Deborah Messing. <laughs> Deborah Messing for playing the black friend card. On oh. a black woman of equal stature to Stacey Abrams. On you a may black fuck all Ohio all State Senator. Off. You may fuck all the way off to Zimmerman's Playhouse. Parody, parody, parody. We at Left and Leftist do not actually advocate that Deborah Messing or anybody else be locked in a room with George Zimmerman for any crime. But in this case, man, I'm, uh, I'm, be, I'm being pushed. I'm being I don't pushed. Know. George like, Zimmerman is such an asshole, though. Like you don't, you such don't know shit, asshole. lady. He's you don't know shit, prick. lady. I got a black, I got a black <laughs> friend who's gonna explain it to you. Okay, okay. <laughs> See you at the bar, God. babe. All right, boys. Okay, Let, let's what's jump our into final the numbers this week. Let's jump into let's the numbers. Jump into the numbers. trillion. That's the size of the American CARES Act. $669 billion is the total amount of money allocated to PP loans from that CARES Act. And 30% is how much that is of the CARES Act budget. Here's the real first good number. 88,400. Hang on, PPP means Paycheck Protection Program. There you Correct. go. Correct. Thank okay. you. PPP loans are what we're talking about. Eight eighty-eight thousand four hundred is the number of religious organizations approved for PPP loans. That's from Ministry Watch. Six to ten billion dollars is the amount of money given to religious organizations. In, That's right, folks. I just wanted to be. I just wanted to be sure. In Paycheck Protection Program. Yep. These yes. These organizations pay how much in state, local, and federal tax? Zero. They're non for profit. Zero. Zero. They're fucking dollars. exempt from taxes. Zero okay. is an interesting number. Good call. If Sheldon. you don't pay taxes as an organization, you're not an employer. You don't have a payroll. And you're certainly let's not. Let's not even let's not even go there. Let's also talk about why the not? Fact that those why not? Whoa, whoa, whoa! The, these religious organizations are also taking federal money for something that should have separation of church. And they're state. already taking federal money in the fact that they're tax exempt. That's yes. not a tax cut. That's a yep. subsidy. We already subsidize religion. They don't pay payroll taxes. Therefore, they don't have a payroll. I'm sorry. Sorry. That's my that's my hobby horse for tonight. Good yeah. night. But the other part of it is is that a it's lot good. of those religious organizations that got these loans 
a bunch of them were also really close to the Trump family as well. The First Baptist Church First of Baptist Dallas Church got, Dallas two, Dallas point, got two to five million dollar two to five million dollar loan. Uh, Again, the the First Baptist Church yeah, of Dallas has no governmentally Dallas. recognized payroll. They have no payroll. Why do they need paycheck protection? Go on. Uh, Cross Church of Arkansas, whose uh, pastor uh, has been a member of Trump's Evangelical Advisory Board, got $1.8 million. And they have no payroll. They have no payroll. The American Center for Law and Justice, a nonprofit founded by televangelist Pat Robertson, got $1 to $2 million. Shocked that it's that small. No I'm shocked that it's that small. We were also talking about like to shore you up for like three months, right? It, that's the idea. Uh, I know, but Pat Robinson's been around forever. I thought he would totally have been forever. Biggest. Yeah, let's let's go on. I I think just eighty eight thousand four hundred religious organizations approved yeah. PPP loans. Eighty eight. That's right. Four hundred individual Un- organizations with no paychecks that needed protecting. So here we go. Carry on. Um, a market watch analysis of the government data found. Just over 554,000 small businesses who got PPP funds reported, not did not report, not left it empty. They reported retaining zero jobs. Reported retaining zero jobs. No payroll. Oh, no, no, no. It's just they were like, yeah, thanks for for the 1% loan, assholes. Yeah. Fuck off. I'll pay it back later. Nearly 50,000 of those businesses received loans larger than 150,000, and more than 300 received loans between 5 million and 10 million loans. 300. What's 300? Let's just quick. What is that, Matt? 300 times times 7.5? Well, well, hold on. Uh, Well, wait. It's like... Five fifty thousand of these businesses received loans larger than one fifty. That's so that's twenty two twenty two point five million dollars went to three hundred businesses that didn't retain a single fucking job. And what was the loan called? Paycheck protection. Uh, paycheck program. protection program. Paycheck paycheck protection paycheck. program. Yeah, two hundred or twenty two point five million dollars just went to. <clears throat> 300 companies well forget you said 50,000 of 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 those businesses received larger loans larger than 150,000 so we're we're I mean we're we're going out aren't we I mean oh yeah we're going we're we're talking in the several billions of dollars yep in paycheck protection and that doesn't even include the 89,000 religious organizations who by law have no fucking payroll by law yeah, you also have uh, the. They have no payroll. Well, here, here are some that do have payrolls. We have Forbes Media. They got five million. Forbes uh, Media news organization <laughs> for the coronavirus. Yay! Forbes. Are Media. you fucking kidding me? Are you Are you telling me like th- we we stay at home with the one the only thing we do is sit around and read the news and a news media outlet is like, dude, we've got to pay these people. We have nothing to do right now. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable absolutely unbelievable like news stayed home sick from work one day like fuck off the washington times got a million yeah. um let's look here i while while you're while you're 
deep diving into this, I wanted to make some, I wanted to make a point that I don't know if it's going to burn y'all the way it burns me, but this really fucking burns me. I mean, okay. You recall last week that the uh, Dow Jones Industrial had its largest single week surge in the history of the Dow Jones Industrial. Last week, it climbed a larger percentage than ever before. Sure. Yep. Because of the trillion some dollars that are go that are being pumped into the economy in quotation marks, the day after it was ruled that the that 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 the executive branch had to give Congress these numbers, it started to plummet. It's down two percent on Tuesday, down one and a half percent yesterday, and down four more percent today. What does that tell you? What does it, I mean, if you needed any more honestly, education, that, honestly, that tells me nothing. Are you telling me it's not coming the, right back? The stock, no, no. It, well, unless the government bails it out again. No, it's not. If the Heroes Act gets signed, that might rule. But look, oversight. It is oversight that I'm talking about, Caleb. It's the oversight which led to the sharp downturn in the in, in the stock market. It's going They're to be scared. It's of people. going to be it's going to be consequences that turn down. Oversight will no, scare them. They, it's going to bounce they know back. Co- Sheldon, no, they know the consequences. They know the consequences are coming. That's what oversight means. Are That's they coming? That's precisely why they get scared. Are well, they coming? It, no, no. But look, this is how okay. absolutely artificial it is. You and I are not, we're, we're disagreeing about an agreement. What I'm saying is that the stock market plummeted at the mere fact of oversight. Two point two five trillion would have gotten us all guaranteed, at least for the duration of the pandemic, a guaranteed universal basic income and access to health care until next March. So we could all sit down, hang on, play I'm some just fucking, doing, play some fucking two, Fortnite. It is, it is. It's about six six thousand three hundred dollars for every per month man per person. No, no, no. For every man, woman, and child, for a one lump payment. That that's if you did. We're not looking at a lump. Yeah, and we two point two two point two trillion divided by three hundred and fifty million. But that's every American. That's like every kid, right? So the idea is that that's, like a universal basic income could have been give everybody two thousand dollars a month, right? Or if you've lost your job, you get two thousand dollars a month as a basic income. You know income. they wouldn't do it and that on way. On top no, of whatever your like, unemployment, give benefit. the banks enough money to cover people's mortgages. Fucking assholes. <laughs> well, guess what? If we had a universal basic income, everybody could have paid their mortgage. Everybody would have got their landlord money. If you give money to the bottom, the money flows up to the top. If, if we you had give universal money to the basic, top, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, if you give money to the top, it flows to the top. If you had universal basic income, for example, in the housing market, the housing market wouldn't look like this. No, because fact. because fact. there would never have been. I saw a stat today. Never... I saw a stat today that said thirty-two uh, percent of all American households did not make their mortgage payment for July. That yeah, is a yeah, fucking we... scary number. That is a very yeah. very scary number. That is way, way worse than fucking the financial housing crisis that started in 2007. That is infinite. Hey, you know worse. what, though? They're going to give us 1200 bucks again. Woohoo. It's, 
I hope it's more than that. I'm telling you that 32% of Americans can't pay their fucking mortgage. That is, that is such a big number. That is such a scary number. It's unbelievable. I'm sorry, Caleb. We on the left have been talking about that since fucking March. Oh, we on the left. We've been talking about that. Well, you know what I mean? Like that's been like the things that go into my ears. That's been going into my ears for a long fucking time. And now the evictions are starting. They did like, Tens of thousands of people in New York City alone were evicted this week. Yes, it's going to be homeless people. It's going to be people on the street. People well, with be, no and the, the reason why it tanked the economy, as you call it, the economy last time, is because every single financial institution inside that was federally insured, which means every single financial institution was, was down on it. On, they yep. were on it. It was doubled down investment-wise on those mortgages. That's right. That's actually this a very time, good point, Sheldon. This time, there's just going to be a lot of homeless people. That's a very good point. Yeah, which I, is actually worse in a way, right? I, of because, course. It, no, of course, in the, only, in the only way that matters, I think. But Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we are on the brink of the Second Great Depression. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an absolute fact. I don't if think anything, our government doesn't going. step in and actually do something like either fund unemployment insurance to a level to where people can actually still live, or if they don't do things like be able to give people universal basic income for people that you know have lost their jobs, the fact is is that we are going to be set into a place where we're going to have a very high rate of homelessness. We're going to have people that are starving in the streets. It's going to be bad. The government needs to step up and do something. And I'm sorry. I'm afraid because Mitch McConnell and the cronies in the Senate don't want to do anything. They're talking about maybe doing another 1,200 bucks. And that's not going to be enough. For anything. I mean, I can't even buy a pair of Yeezys for that. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I think we have to cancel rent. I think we have to just no, I, I, but but can but canceling rent, which is a great idea. The idea is that what they should do is cancel rent and just pay it, right? Give it to the people so that they can pay it, so that the people it, can pay it. Money is only good in this economy if it moves from hand to hand. It's got to gotta move from hand to hand, right? Exactly. Yep. So what? So what you have to do is guarantee. Those don't, and so you look, pay the lowest person it. on the totem pole so that they can pay it up. Uh-huh. Let, let's wrap this puppy up. We gotta talk about Patreon. Let's talk about Patreon and head over to patreon.com forward slash left and leftist that's with an A and D and give it any mount to support the show. I am excited when we are gonna get our first patron, which is gonna be soon because we are still a new show. But that being said. You can give it any amount, and you can give at the different levels, and you're going to get different things for those levels, such as becoming a democratic socialist or possibly even becoming a leftist. Those are all great things you can do there. Another way to support the show is to write us a review. Head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com and write us a review that five-star review is going to help other people find the show. Yeah, rate it, review it. Uh, look, say anything you want to say about my screaming at you this week because uh, sometimes it happens. And yeah. if you want to give us two stars because of that, hey, any any review will help. Any review yep. will help. If Sheldon you, was very angry show, this week. The Supreme Court really got under his skin. And then I just hate talking about it for so long. 
And then the other thing you can do is head over to our website. Uh, we will have some sponsor banners up. And if you click on those, those are also going to support the show. Well, other than that, uh, we'll talk to you next week on Left and Leftist. Thanks for listening. See you yeah. next week, buddies. <laughs>